0: This is the MMA Takes Podcast, Podcast. with your host, Brian Petrie. Oh, yeah. Let's get to it. What's up? This is MMA Takes Podcast. I don't think I've ever started a podcast with what's up before. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a what's up guy. You know, in the morning when people at work, you know, I work early. When people are like, hey, good morning, Brian. I'm like, sup? I'm just one of those cool fucking dudes. I give them a thumbs up, right? Like, I don't wave that much. don't go, hey, how's it going? I used to go, what's up, man? I acknowledge people with a th- thumbs up. I'm a big thumbs up guy. This weekend was a big thumbs up for your boy. We'll go over USC 243. What an event that was. We'll go over my picks with Devin. Uh, we'll talk a little whatever. I got a grievance to air out. Mm, and I got some complaints, some Brian complaints. First off, try to record at 8 o'clock, right? It's a Monday. I typically record on Wednesday. I love to record early. My wife, my poor little beautiful wife is sick. She was sick last week. That postponed the podcast with Devin. She had the flu. Flu Flu-like symptoms, had a real nasty virus. She's as tough as they come. I mean, she is Thursday. I come home from work, and she's off on Thursdays, and she was just like cuddled up in the on the couch and just like, usually she's always doing something laundry or she has her own business where she's doing that or doing something with the daughter. Uh, and she's cuddled up and just like miserable. And and she said she had a real bad headache. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah. Let me give you some medicine. I'll make some breakfast, all that stuff. And then, uh, and then she's like, well, I gotta go to the store. I have to go. And I'm like, you know, okay. And she had to run the post office to, to, to mail one of her, her products out. And then she went to the store and she came back and I, well, I, of course I fell asleep. I took a nap because the little one took a nap and I'm, you know, that's what I do. When a two-year-old naps, you get a little nap in too. She comes home and I, and I check on her and she's shivering in our bed, took a warm shower, didn't help, loaded her up with all these clothes. She's throwing up. I mean, burning up too. Had to beg her, convince her to go to the hospital. She wouldn't want to do it. She didn't want to go. She's like, I'll just wait. i just wait. I said, Erica, we, and we don't have a thermometer. Of course we have one for the baby. And we ran out of the little tips to go in the ears. So it wouldn't record the fucking temperature, which was such bullshit. But she felt hot. Had to drop the, on Thursday night about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Had to take uh, the little one to my parents uh, and then take Erica to the hospital. Waited forever. She had flu like symptoms thrown up. Felt better. When she she threw up a couple times at the hospital. She flew up all over my car. I, uh, I think, and I didn't post the picture, but I have a picture of me. Threw up all over my car. And uh, yeah, so she, you know, when when she's sick like that, it scares me because she's so fucking tough. And then seeing her like that, I'm like, oh man, this is like real. But yeah, so it was flu-like symptoms, not exactly the flu. She, she didn't test positive for the flu. They gave her a bunch of medication and she's been sick today as well. So she didn't go to work today. Long story short, I get to record today. The complaint isn't my wife's sick. My wife is as tough as they come and, and and I'll do whatever I can to take care of her. I've been uh trying to take care of her trying to be super dead all that stuff um my complaint is 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 i was excited to record today and my computer updated right my little mac computer's like hey we gotta update your shit i'm like okay cool i put it off for a while i'm like okay and it said 20 minutes i'm like great 53 minutes later we're here hey uh, 20 minutes you know you're lying and another complaint not really a complaint but I, i i don't have a big following on twitter I have 102 followers right now, which I'm very proud of. Every single one of those followers, I send a tweet out. You know, I get some activity on there. I know people aren't always on Twitter. I go, hey guys, 20 minutes to my computer. What do you, what do you want me to talk about? And it's okay that no one responded, but it's so embarrassing when like someone who like just logs on or just follows me sees that and they go, wow, no one fucking answered this guy. <laughs> it's like, it's it's like the equivalent of like waving to somebody and they're just not waving back. It's like, oh. But we got some stuff to talk about So don't worry about it And then I mean We'll we'll get all into UFC 243 Um, What other complaint do I have? I have probably a million I'm a fucking old grump Oh I know what it was Goddamn beat ups Listen There's some great food in Cincinnati If you've never been I know you always get hyped up about the chili Cincinnati chili Which I love You know there's a lot of Tons of local joints that I absolutely love I love all Cincinnati Chile. There's chili parlors, there's Skyline, there's the big guy. You know, I love it all. I love every single one. I have, of course, I have my favorites and whatnot. There's some great diners. We have some great wing places as well that are local. I'm not, so I get spoiled to have like local chain restaurants kind of in the area, right? Like we, you know, and I wouldn't want to say chain restaurants, but they're like, we have a pizza place that's like everywhere. We have like Skyline that's everywhere. Those are kind of like local chain I am spoiled to the fact that I don't really eat at, like, chain-chain restaurants, right? I'm not a huge fast food guy, um, even though I will dabble in Taco Bell here and there, even though it makes me feel like shit. uh, I can't stay away from it. But I'm not, like, a McDonald's guy. I'm not really Wendy's. Burger King's a scumbag. Burger King, I can't do that. Uh, Subway, I used to eat all the time, but I don't really like that anymore. So I've been spoiled to have, like, local joints around here where I don't have to eat. uh, Big, big chain restaurants. Except b-dubs b-dubs is like the only chain restaurant i love now do they have the best wings no i get boneless i know that's like a lot of people shame me for that you gotta get bone in you're not a real man bone in's cool but i like if i'm if i'm snacking and watching fights and just eating a shit ton of bad food i'm going boneless right so we have a couple good wing places here but like b-dubs just has the sauce they have so many good sauces parmesan garlic i can't recommend enough spicy garlic uh, Ty Curry, which we just found out a couple months ago, God, kidding me. And I don't get wings enough. I don't eat it a lot. I get, you know, I have acid reflex. So it, like if I go real hardcore, it really fucks me up. I got to take some like antacid and shit. Um, but it's worth it every once in a while to do it. Cause I love it. Um, but I also have a good relationship with B does because they get the fights, they get the UFC fights, right? So I used to spend quite, quite a bit up there. Um, and I have, I have some good, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. Listen, I don't like talking about like my fight stories. I've been in a lot of fights growing up, right? I I was a hothead as a kid, gotten a lot of fights, got a lot of fights in my early 20s and I kind of slowed down. I started training MMA, which really calmed me down for the most part um, with, you know, me popping off a lot. I would say 85% of the fights I've been in were probably my fault, right? Um, You know, and if you know, if you talk to anybody that kind of knows me, they know I'm kind of the guy to fly off the handle and I'll fight and, uh, you know, I was perceived as like a tough guy and all this shit. Uh, so I have a million fight stories and I, and I don't love to tell them because, you know, it's kind of an ego thing. I tell my wife and she just rolls her eyes at me like, Oh my God. Like, you know, so like if my wife's rolling her eyes at me, then I probably shouldn't be telling these stories. So we're at beat ups. We, I lived in, uh, Clifton, which is right by Uni- university of Cincinnati, right by UC, uh college town. I didn't go there. I wasn't in college. I was working, but I lived with eight or nine of my buddies in this giant house, and all it was was a party. We literally partied. That's it. That's all it was. Um, and uh it was it was a year and it was one of the greatest years of my life. I look back, I mean, the house was always freezing or always hot. Um, it was a disaster. I had no money, I had no food. I literally would have like $13 in my bank account on like a Wednesday. I get paid Friday, and I so I'd have to go all the Wednesday, all Thursday on $13 with no food, right? And it was, it was worth it um and it was one of the greatest times of my life well they opened up a b-dubs literally walking distance from my house it was like a brand new thing it was a smaller one i think it's still there um that was a big deal to us because we all were 21 at this point we're all like well, fucking let's go just get drunk B b-dubs eat some wings and then go out so that was like kind of our spot and uh i got uh and i'm not a big drinker like i i was i guess back then but i you know i haven't been drunk in years i don't really love drinking it. I feel like I ruined my body so much when I was younger that like now, like my body body can't tolerate. Like I'll have a beer here and there, but I, I, I just being drunk now, like always means sick being sick. I used to never get hung over when I was a kid or younger, not a kid when I was, yeah, well fucking 10 years old, getting drunk, never got hung over when I was like, I probably started drinking like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, never got hung over for those four or five years, six years, whatever it was. Uh, I never got hung over. And then right around 23, 24, I start getting hung over and I'm like, this is not worth it. So, you know, last time I got drunk was probably at my wedding, which was four years ago, but not a big drinker. But at this point in my life, we would drink. So it's kind of funny when B-dubs, this B-dubs in particular, cut me off. They kicked me out several times for being too drunk. Um, that's a whole different story. But that's really funny because I'm not a big drinker and, and I'm the one getting kicked out. Probably because I'm the loudest. So the story goes, and this is this is another homage to to B Dubs. Um, we're sitting there, and I was a young twenty one year old confident man, and there was some girls sitting there, and they both happened to be black girls, and uh, they both were gorgeous, beautiful, and they were uh, I'm assuming UC students. They had uh, UC gear on. Me, I was there with probably like thirteen of my friends. Like we all just showed up. Had this huge table down the middle. You know, we're drinking. I wasn't eating. Uh, cause I only had money for a couple beers, so I wasn't going to eat. So I got drunk pretty quick, some tall boys, some of the big, the big glasses. And I go over there and I start talking to these girls, you know, they, they kind of were looking our way. I don't know if they're looking at me and I give a shit. So I go over there and I, and I start talking to these girls and they were, they were very nice and, and they put up with me and we had a couple laughs and I, and I sat there and another buddy came over and we had a good time. Well, there's a table, um, right next to their booth. We had the big table. There's a round table right next to their booth. Uh, and there was some black gentlemen there. And they did not like these, you know, I guess we appeared to be frat boys, even though we weren't a frat guys, you know, these white preppy guys talking to these girls and they were, they were gorgeous. And and the guy came over and was like, uh, you know, what are you doing talking to them? And I go, Oh, I'm sorry. And I was being polite. I was drunk and I was being respectful of this dude. I go, Oh, I'm sorry. Is this, is this, is this your lady right here? And they both, both girls go, no, we don't know him. And I go, Oh, well then sit the fuck down. Like if, 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 they don't know you then shut the fuck down and he and he just go and he starts cussing at me the they had a cop in there because you know kids cop came over was like take it easy guys take it easy and he goes and sits down i'm gonna send a talking to him and i and i put it out of my head i ignored him the manager comes over i had already been cut off twice uh up to this point this this thing had beat us had been open for like six months so i've been cut off twice at this point so the manager comes over and goes hey and he didn't like me at all he's a bigger guy heavy set dude he go and he looks at me i go I put my hands up. I'm like, I've had two beers and I didn't start anything. I'm, I'm just sitting here. And he goes, "Get up, that's not your table. Get away from those girls. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I get up. We go sit back down or whatever. The girls, they pay their bill and they decide to come sit with us because we had this huge table and we weren't leaving. And there's 13 of us. So they come and sit next to us. The table of the guys see that. And uh, uh, I... I, I probably I didn't say anything, but I maybe looked over and winked or waved or something like some hot shit guy or whatever. So I'm sitting there and then I'm looking <clears throat> I'm looking the other way and we're talking to the girls and I'm like I'm kind of like sideways to the table now, like my back's to him, but I'm like kind of seeing my peripheral, my side my side of my faces. I just hit the mic and uh, the dude just comes up and fucking sucker punches me. Just I mean whoosh and then I and you know I like i didn't get knocked out and i definitely didn't really get rocked or dazed, but i was just like what and i stood up my, all 13 of my friends standing up there's probably like four of these guys and that fucking big manager that hated me just came and just fucking tackled the dude that hit me locked him up fucking the cop came chained or not chained him up put him in handcuffs and i don't think he got arrested because i didn't press charges or whatever i was kind of like well when well, i live right down the block i was like mr stuff got the right down the block oh i'm not gonna press charges but he fucking just straight soccer punched me. So if I have like good memories at beat ups and the manager who hated me because I would you know would constantly give him hell or shit or whatever it was and cut me off and uh, yeah uh, he uh, he had my back. So I have a special place for beat ups. That's where this long story went. Um, but let's let's not have your prices as expensive. And if you say my order's ready at seven and I'm there at seven and I gotta wait till 7.15, then I'm gonna have a problem, okay? All right, so 13 minutes of nothing, and let's get to 243. You can't, you, you listen to the podcast, not me telling you my love of B dubs and the fact that some guy su- sucker punched me. Uh, didn't make a dent though, uh, didn't put me down. He was a smaller guy, I'll give him that. He was a smaller guy, and uh, he sucker punched me. And th- th- to end the story, I did not uh hook up with any of those girls, like they, I believe they. Came to our house and saw how disgusting it was, and and we never saw them again. So, you know, I got punched in the face, and and my mortal enemy uh, of B-dubs, the manager, uh, ended up becoming my best friend. No, that's not how that story went. I don't know what that guy's doing anymore. All right. Anyway, USC 243, electric card. I loved it. In Australia, that crowd is insane. The main event was awesome. We're going to go top to bottom here. As you know, Devin and I had to pick them. Your boy does it again. That's three straight wins. Devin started off hot with three wins. He overanalyzed the last time he did it because he was like hesitant. He's like, Who are you picking? Who do you want to do? This time, I feel like he came prepared. He did have some technical difficulties. If you listen to podcasts, he had like a dog fighting ring going on and his computer was messed up and he had to use his phone to look up everything. So, um, you know, no excuses, you know, but, you know, he was trying to be very prepared. He was sending me clips of him watching Dan Hardy, who's fantastic dan hardy breaks down fights like nobody's business um but i got him this week i got him by i stopped counting after but it was like seven to three with our locks for the night my points and stuff we'll go over it so um the fights we differed on uh, i had nadia hasim he had Junyoung young kim kim won uh, Nassim just, you know, looked like a bum in there. She was, you know, shouldn't be fighting. Uh, he took Dos Santos as the underdog, uh, Megan Anderson, uh, rector. Uh, we both, uh, we'll go over the card. I'm just going over the points. Now we both took the Castro. That was his lock of the night. So we get an extra point for that. Plus he was an under, um, I got two extra points cause he was my lock and I said he was going to finish. Devin thought it was going to go decision. Uh, Castro obviously knocked out Taffa in the first round. Um, we split on Luke Jumeau versus Diego Lima. He had Lima, I had Jumeau. That was my underdog pick. Uh, Jumo lost a split decision. We both had Ty, which is horrible. Uh, we both had Al, and then we split on the main event. The main event is what did it for me. So he had Rob, and I had uh, Israel. Um, I had a lock, and I had a finish as well. So I got three extra points for that. Um, and then uh, yeah, the points totally. So we'll start off for Khalid Tala, Taha versus uh, bruno silva that was the first fight of the night um unfortunately i missed most of this because i was dealing with uh beat ups and competence even though i love beat ups uh sponsor the podcast beat ups um i missed some of this fight i saw the end uh bruno silvia silva i keep saying silvia tim silvia god what was that guy doing now um you know bruno is who i thought he was i looked up I, it was hard to find him but i did find some fight footage of him um he had he had his moments in the second round, but Taha just kind of took over in the third round and and, and fin I believe he finished, right, with an arm triangle choke. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I should I should probably remember that, but I think he did. So Khalid Taha, big strong dude for that division, uh, big power. Looks like he's getting a little more well-rounded. So I would like to see him maybe step up a little bit and 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 fight some uh Tougher guys in the division. I think he's time. He's got an interesting story. Like Khalid Taha, he's, he looks kind of Polynesian Samoan. I think he comes from Germany. Um, speaks English pretty well. Exciting fighter. So you put him in there with some you know other who other persons willing to throw down, really to bang with him. I think uh, be an interesting fight. Nadia Hasim versus uh, Jung Yong Jung Young Kim. Uh, I had Naseem at the uh, under here, Devin. I again, I just said we split on this. Naseem was uh, she came out and fake glove touch with a kick, and then got dropped immediately after. And I believe she got finished. I think Kim finished her. It was uh the scene didn't look good. Okay. I I uh, you know, with a women's fight, this was the boldest spaghetti, spaghetti fight. You know, it was a, a bowl. it was a bold spaghetti fight. I mean, you toss it up. I'm gonna go with the under on that. I did not bet this though. I only bet it three fights, two fights, three fights. Yeah, I no. Yeah. No, I lost okay. I have admit I have to admit something to you guys. This is hard for me to say. I, on the airwaves, and I guess these are airwaves, right? Podcasts, whatever it is, digital waves. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I said I was never going to do a parlay again. <clears throat> well, I, I did a parlay again. <sighs> so my, my bankroll was a little low, right? I cashed last week. When I came home from Disney, I went and had to drive, out, drive back out to FanDuel and, and I cashed my ticket. And I was gonna use that to 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 gamble and bet and blah 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 and and, and proceed and, and whatnot and really establish a bankroll because I had one online and I wanted to do it in person. Well, the problem with actually having real cash is you wanna spend it. So I did, of course. I I I spent most of it. So I had a limited bankroll when I went down to place my bets. And um so I had, you know, I was like, well, I gotta get banged for my buck, so I gotta do a parlay. I lost a parlay, and I won a parlay. We'll get to those, but I did not bet this fight. I, I'm off betting women fight. I'm done betting women fight. You can't. You just can't. How? Like, I want to see somebody. I want to see Yanni the Greek. I want to see that tooth, big tooth son of a bitch, that horse teeth, tell me to bet a women's fight. You can't. It's impossible. It's 50-50. It really is. Like, you could win big. And then you can get your ass taken from me. I just, I, you know, I just can't do it. I'm just not going to do it. And, and I'm glad, I mean, I picked Nazim on the podcast because the way our port, point system is set up, you know, you get the extra point, but yeah, she looked awful. Uh, next up you had, uh, who was that? Brad versus Damon Malarkey fight of the night. Awesome fight. I did a video. I was all on Brad Riddell. This is one of the fighters. I bet I parlayed two parlays. I lost one. I won one. He was one leg of my parlay. Um, I, I, I didn't do the prop finish. I'm glad I didn't. I was I was very convinced he was gonna finish Malarkey. Obviously, I'm glad I didn't because it didn't get to a finish. But goddamn, Malarkey, I mean his nose was broken, his jaw was broken, he got fucked up. But Bradell really impressed me. You know, all the fights I've seen, I'm this on the podcast, all the fights I've seen prior to this, he slowed down and gassed. I mean, he's fought as high as 85. He's a thick dude for 55. It was a high-action, high pace fight. He slowed down, obviously, towards the end, but he was still cracking. He got rocked a little bit. He got a little wild, got caught with the left hook. He got rocked. He rebounded. Had a huge cut. I just saw a picture right when my computer was updating. I just saw a picture of his cut. I didn't realize how bad it was. It was giant. Huge. Malarkey. Jaw broke. Guarantee it. Nose broke. Would not go down. Tough as nails, dude. You got to give props to him, but... Riddell, I mean, he, he called for a quick turnaround. I mean, bro, you got to sew up your head first before you get a quick turnaround, but he's an exciting guy. That Those city kickboxing guys are legit dudes. The many think Brad Riddell is just a Muay Thai guy. He looked great in the scrambles on the ground. He had some trouble giving up positions. He gave up his back. He gave up mount. But when he's on the ground, obviously those are things he can work on, but when he was on the ground, his takedown offense looked pretty good. Jamie Larky's not a killer wrestler, but takedown offense looked good. And his scrambles on the ground look great. And I was really blown away by that. Like, city kickboxing is, I mean, Eugene Berryman might be coach of the year. I know that everyone's pushing Eric Alba's again. But Eugene Berryman, I mean, I can't even tell you when the last time this guy's lost. He's that good. He's that good of a coach. He's a calm presence. I love it. Brad Riddell, Muay Thai guy, malarkey. I figured he was going to shoot a little bit. I saw a lot of sharps, a lot of people on Twitter, and they follow me. And they pick Malarkey, so that's, I don't, you know, I don't take it personal, but I do. Not really. I mean, you, you can go against me, it's fine. But I put a video out, I'm all on Riddell. I see a guy put out, oh, Malarkey's the minor dog, pick. I'm like, well, and I would have been so mad if he got it right, not me. I respect everybody, I'm just, you know, I'm competitive, that's all it is. All right, so that was a sick fight. Fight of night, unbelievable fight there. So then you, we move on to Megan Anderson versus... Zern Fram, Dos Santos. Dos Santos doesn't belong in the UFC. Megan Anderson, big girl, took her down, submitted her with a triangle choke. Sloppy triangle, sloppy ground stuff. I'm glad Megan won. She's kind of a name. She's marketable. She, you know, needed a win. Dos Santos gassed, looked good on the feet, and then it just got taken out. Uh, she was a big underdog play for a lot of people. I like the underdog play. I actually had it written down. Cause I don't trust Megan, but but uh, Devin took her, so then I went opposite of him just to just to mix it up, and I'm glad I did. Uh, Megan at minus five fifty five still crazy to me. Uh, the biggest upset of night, in my opinion, Calvin Potter or Callen Potter versus Maki Piloto. Maki is a guy from the Ultimate uh, Contender Series. I always say Ultimate Fighter. Really good hands, really good boxing. He looked good in that first round, but Callen, this dude fucking is wild. Right, has a better chin than I guess Maki thought and I thought. Wild dude, big guy for the division, came out swinging. Uh, Maki, really good body shots. He brings it really good from the body to the head, mixes everything up, digs to the body, comes with the head. Clean, straight boxing, Um, but he doesn't move his head a lot. He doesn't put his hands back up, so he's getting caught with a lot of punches. Callan knew, the only way I can probably win this fight is if I really pressure, pressure, pressure. Maki slowed down. Callan didn't. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Big win for the guy. He's plus 240 underdog. I didn't see anybody taking him. Dev and I were both on the opposite side. We both had Maki. That was Devin's lock in the night. That hurt him in the points as well. Uh when we were wrapping everything up. But yeah, I didn't see Callum winning that. You know, I I I am always so bummed when I miss underdog plays. And that was an underdog play I missed. And uh, yeah, plus 240 underdog missed. That's tough. That's tough to walk away from. Uh next up, Jurgen DeCastro versus Justin Taffa. Both of I and Devin were on Jurgen. He was a uh plus one hundred underdog. I should have bet this fight. I didn't, cause cause of the limited bankroll. Um, no, wait, did I? No, I did. Yeah, no, no, I did. I did. I put him in a parlay. I had him in my first leg of the parlay that lost. Um, I, it was it was a ten buck. You know, I don't like throwing money around. I don't like talking money. You know, that's kind of unless you're putting like twenty five grand down. I, you know, that's why gamblers use the word units, and they don't want. People to know how much you, you bet or whatever. Um, but I'll be honest, you, I put 10 bucks on that. You know, that was the remaining of what I had for my my first part bet parlay, which I put a lot more money than $10 down. So I had $10. I'm like, okay, I'll go 200 dollars and a favorite, right? Uh Jurgen was one of my underdogs I took. He looked fantastic. Um, big power, bigger guy than I thought. I, I thought he was a little shorter than he was. He's a big dude. Um awesome, just power. And and I thought he was gonna kick Tafel a little more. He did kick him a few times. Um, he's been wrestling for like only like eight months, which is wild. So he might have some problems when it comes to like a Curtis Blades or somebody who's going to take him down, but his power and stand-up's real. He's very athletic for a size. You know, he's kind of a chubster carries a lot of body fat, but he's very athletic. He moves really well. Head movement was good. Taffa's a big, strong dude coming in, had the home field advantage with the Australian crowd. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Juergen, that was, that was my easy underdog pick of the night. I mean, that was easy peasy stuff right there. Um, I should have bet, obviously, more than that. I'm a straight wager guy, but got to build that bankroll back up because, uh, you know, daddy likes things. Daddy likes toys. So I go and cash at FanDuel. I'm like, okay, so this is going to be, you know, for the Denmark card, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I go, ooh, there's something shiny over there. I'm going to go and pick that up. So that's, that's, that's on me. That's on me. And I'm sorry I refer to myself as daddy. I shouldn't do that. That's kind of gross, right? Uh my apologies. But yeah, Jurgen looks good. I'm really excited for him in the heavyweight division. Heavyweight needs kind of a shot in the arm. They always do. Um but heavyweights are always highly pushed. Um but Jurgen, I mean, you don't want to push him too fast, but I mean, you know what you want to give him somebody right right there maybe top I mean he can be on top 15 in like next week if you be if we're being honest with this, but um, I like him. I mean, maybe Sergey Sergei Spivak, who fought tonight or maybe, uh, or maybe, uh, you know, tie, tie two of us, stinks. We'll get to him later. Um, next up, you have Jake Matthews versus Rustam Akman. Uh, this fight stunk, right? Akman was the hairiest guy I've ever seen. Um, looks like a, a hairier. It looks like Cara Parisian just assumed a new identity and just added more hair. Um, I'm not impressed by Jake Matthews. I'm just not He's a guy I'm never going to trust. I'm never going to bet. Akman, I mean, hunted him the whole time. It was it was kind of a lackluster fight. Didn't love the fight. Um, but yeah, I just it was it, you know, unrememberable performance. I was probably stuffing my face with wings at this point, talking to Steve, paid attention to the fight, obviously, but I wasn't very engaged. It was one of the fights that are, is very unforgettable on this card. Uh next, another unforgettable fight, Luke Jamot versus Diego Lima. Um, I don't know how this ended in a split decision. I mean, huh? How Was this a split decision? Diego Lima won every round. My buddy Steve had a bet on Lima, very confident, and part of his parlay, I think maybe it was a straight wager. Um, I, I had Jumo in the picks, I didn't bet Jumo, he was a guy I was willing to take. It was between him or Al as underdogs that took Al that obviously lost too, but um, yeah, Jumo didn't do anything, he 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 stunned Diego a little bit. Diego. Kind of played it safe, which which I like. You're in Australia, you're fighting an Australian kid. Um, play it safe. You know, don't worry about, you know, getting rocked in the final minute of a fight that you're winning every single round. I have no idea how that judge saw it a split decision. It was crazy. Maybe, maybe give Luke the third round, maybe, because of the pressure and Diego didn't really do anything. He already had two rounds in the bag, but a split decision, you're out of your fucking mind. That um that judge shouldn't judge anymore. All right, so the final three fights, Ty Tuovasa versus Sergey Spivak. Oh, man. All right, so I don't like Ty. I've said that numerous times. I don't like his personality. I don't think he's that great of a fighter. He got the push because they needed people in the heavyweight division. Sergey Spivak's a guy who got knocked out by Walt Harris in like a minute. Um, Walt Harris, although has big power and is, is on a tear right now, so there's no shame in that. Spinfax also might be one of the most boring people in the world. Like, he gave his pre fight interview and post fight interview. The guy's fucking, I mean, Slingblade has more personality than this fucking dude. This dude is just dead eyed. Um, but, you know, he weathered an early storm by Ty, and it's just like every Ty to a Vasa fight. He throws the same looping, lunging punches, he throws a couple kicks. Um, he'll clinch a little bit, uh, throw those punches again, get tired, get taken down, give up on the ground. And, and then that was it. Um, that's exactly what happened here. Sergey Spigback was a 300, uh, three I think he was what he closed that plus plus three hundred underdog. Um, I flirted with the idea on the podcast. I can say that cause it's recorded and it's on fucking record. Um, right at the end of Devin, Nye's pick I almost took Sergey. I almost switched. Cause I just don't like time. I, I never in a million years would have bet this fight at minus 400, I should have sprinkled a little on Sergey with the with, with the parlay that I did, but wouldn't matter because uh, I lost anyway. But uh, I just wasn't confident in Sergey because he he didn't look great against Walt. I've seen some of his other fights as well before the UFC. He just he he's got okay skills, but he, even with me he stinks. He's not great, right? Um, so him and Jurgen would actually be a really good fight. I, I you know put that together. I'm not a good I'm not a good matchmaker, but that'd be good. Um, next up, Ali co main event versus Dan Hooker. I had Al, so did, uh, so did Devin. Um, I'm a hooker guy. I like hooker. I've said, again, on this airwaves, digital waves, whatever you want to call them, um, that I think hooker was was a, a very underrated, appreciated, maybe fighter of the year last year before his fight with Barboza. I mean, he knocked out Gilbert Burns. He was beating everybody, right? And he was doing it in style. He ran into Barboza, which was a bad matchup for him. He had a bad game plan, just got kicked to bits. You know, Dan Hooker's game is to stay on the outside. Edson Barbosa's game is to stay on the outside. Well, if you're on the outside, you're going to get your fucking body and legs kicked up. But Dan Hooker's a really talented fighter. Um, I picked Al. Simply, I thought I was going to wrestle, right? I thought Al, no matter what training camp he had, um, he didn't look good against Cowboy trying to close the distance. Dan Hooker fights a little longer than Cowboy. Cowboy will crash in at times. Dan Hooker fights a little longer, so I figured Al has a better grappling game. I did think Al was a better wrestler, and if he got on top, it would have been a problem. Uh, Dan Hooker, though, I even said it on the podcast, I don't think he's ever really fought a wrestler before. This motherfucker looked great. Like, Al couldn't get him down. Like, he looked big. He looked strong. He has that leverage. He landed, like, a nice switch. He dominated Al on the ground in, in the scrambles and then got back to their feet. He looked really fucking good on stopping the takedown. That's going to be a problem if you're going to go in there and you don't want to strike with Dan Hooker and you got to get him down. I mean, besides Gregory Lepsi, Khabib, and, and some of these real high-level wrestlers, I mean, some people are going to have some real problems with this fucking guy. Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed in Al, right? So I love Ray Longo. He's on Anakin Florian Podcast. I love Ray Longo. I love Matt Sarah. My mom's from Long Island, right, right where they're from. So I got, that, I got a little t- soft spot for the Long Island guys you know, the fucking long Island. Hey, have a slice. Um, that was a terrible long Island impression. Um, but I do have a soft spot for the guys. Ray Longo, Matt Sarah, crack me up. I mean, they need their own reality show. And I, and I bought in the, I think they're great coaches too. And I, and I really believe that they're going to have already after he kind of looked not great against cowboy. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's Al was gun shy or if if the, I mean, because he he ate a bunch of calf kicks and those obviously affected things, he had to go from Southpaw. But you know, when when you're fighting now, I think you got to train for calf kicks. Everyone's doing calf kicks. I think you gotta kind of know that. So when he went Southpaw and everyone's like, and Cormier does a great job. Cormier was great on the call, but when he's like, oh, he does he's not used to fighting Southpaw, you know, he's getting his leg kicked up, it's like, well, you kind of gotta know you're getting you're gonna get your leg kicked up you know what I mean? Like kind of prepare for it a little bit. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, w- what do I know? But I know Al didn't look great. Um, I know that he was a little overrated with the six ranking. I fell for the Ray Longo hype. I mean, he talked me into it. Um, I was on the fence earlier in the week, but then like by Wednesday and, and, and uh, you know, at the hospital Thursday night when my wife was, you know, just kind of sitting there sweating in her, in her, you know, puke stained clothes and, and I couldn't do nothing. I was thinking, you know, horribly. I was thinking about the fights, and I just really convinced myself an Al. Um, wrong. Dan Hooker looked great. Okay. Main event time. I want to spend a lot on main event. Oh, by the way, I went six and six on the card overall. So I went six and six. However, I locked in, how many underdogs did I get? I think I got one. And I mean, Israel Adesanya was, was all, my, my, my parlay that I lost, I want to tell you that, was Jurgen Al, and Adesanya, right? That was the $10 parlay. And then I put about let's, let's talk in terms of, you know, units, right? Um, a unit is what your, what your minimum bet is, right? So if I do one unit, half unit, whatever, I did about 1.8, uh, units on the, the Riddell Adesanya parlay that I did. Um, and that obviously cashed. they both were favorites. So I cashed nicely cause I had a nice little Amount on there, but uh, very confident on Sonya. But I went six to six on the card, so uh, not uh, I went five hundred. That's not bad. Uh, you know, I'll take that. I'll fucking take that all day. All right. So the main event. Everyone knows I'm an Izzy guy. I custom made a shirt when I saw him fight in April. Last style bender on the front didn't come out quite how I wanted it. I think the people that did it um, uh, messed up a little bit. If I'm being honest, with you. there was a rush job. Uh, I you know I have T-shirts available at Teespring. So if you want to go to Teespring and buy a t-shirt, go to the website. There's a link there and all that shit. Um, But I think Teespring couldn't get it shipped to me in time. They had a website glitch or whatever. I did it kind of last minute. So I had to pay like 80 bucks to get this thing made and shipped to me in like three days. And uh, the fucking shirt reeked of vinegar. I don't know what the hell that was. And uh, what the cotton wasn't what I thought it was. I ordered soft cotton. This thing was like fucking paper towels. And uh, the logo that I designed It kind of came a little mashed together and a little darker and and, and whatever, whatever. But I'm an Izzy guy. I love the last style banner. I love Um, I knew him before the UFC signing. I did. I saw a little bit of his kickboxing stuff. He had some great highlights. I saw his fight with Melvin uh, Gillard before he got in the UFC. Um, I was on this kid, right? And then I followed him on social media. And then I was even more on board with this guy because of his personality. He's electric, right? Uh, and he showed it that intro, that inch, that dance. Awesome. Right. Uh, he had guys come out and he's a really good dancer. He's like, if you follow him, he's like into that, like fucking crumping or whatever it is. You know, I'm dancing right now as I'm doing it, uh, as I'm saying it. Um, but it was awesome. It was electric, right? People hated it because it's like, oh, you know, take the fight seriously. He let him do him. Right. That's my big thing. When I, when I was, I wouldn't say coaching boxing, but when I would hold mitts for people and I would, and I would help people with, with their hands and stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm going to fix some things, but do you, right? You know, that's, that's, that's going to be you. That's your style. You feel most comfortable with that. You're going to excel with, right? Learn the basics and then figure out your own unique style. This obviously works for Adesanya. And, uh, it was weird that people took shots of him. I love the interest and and people, obviously, if he would have got smoked and knocked out and then everybody would have been like, well, you shouldn't have been dancing. And I can see that. I understand that. But you know, he won, he looked impressive and, and, and the intro was fucking fire. Um, a lot of people picked Robert Whitaker. I was surprised. A lot of people thought Robert Whitaker had fought the better competition. I don't think he has. I mean, besides your, uh, Jacare and Yo Romero, um, he hasn't, right? And he looked really good in the Jacare fight. Um, I, I think Jacare is a tad bit overrated. If I'm being honest with you, he's a little older. He's like 38. He's a little bit slower. Does, ha- you know, can get hurt. Yo Romero's a beast. Yo Romero's sick. Those two wins against Yo Romero are awesome. I think he didn't win the last time but those also took a lot out of them, right? I mean, 16-month layoff. I think Kelvin Gaslam is a better Robert Whitaker. That's what I've always proclaimed. And even though Adesanya did I wouldn't say struggled, but had a war with Gaslam, a lot of people seem to use that against Adesanya, against Robert Whitaker, which I thought was kind of crazy. Adesanya does better with guys who throw hooks, looping hooks. The way he, the way he kind of uses his shoulder and the way he dips his head and the way he kind of moves back. Very, very scary. I thought he was getting caught several times, but he really does well and excels even to his kickboxing days with guys that throw hooks. The straight punches are what get him, right? He has trouble with straight punches. Anderson Silva hit him with a couple straight punches. Kelvin Gaslam hurt him with a couple straight punches. His defense is really good, but Kelvin Gaslam, who was much shorter than him, was stepping into some straight left hands and right hands and really clipping Adesanya in their fight. Whitaker doesn't have the best straight hands, he throws hooks. He's got a powerful left hook. He's got a good straight right hand, but he didn't throw it a lot. Um, from the get-go of this fight, I was little, on the edge of my seat. I was screaming, obviously because I had money on it. And Izzy Arnazanya, one of my guys, I love him. Um, uh, first round, you know, and I saw some people. I-, I saw this girl who's like obsessed with Ben Folks. I'm not gonna, sh- I'm not going to shit. I don't follow her on Twitter. I just saw Ben Folks like her. She's from Aussie, and she was obviously a big Robert Whitaker fan. She's just shitting all over Arnazanya. Like, oh, you made his bleed, but you're living losing every minute in that fight. Huh? <laughs> What losing every minute of the fight? Uh, no, Robert Whitaker didn't land like any solid punches. Adesanya is a, a slow start. He feels you out, dropped him, KO'd him basically at the end of the first round. Robert Whittaker didn't know where he's at. Robert Whittaker came out like a fucking hell on fire. I don't even know what that means is the expression I just made up, but he came out like a fucking buzzsaw on that, in that second round. and was looking to fucking kill him. Um, so yeah, uh, Adesanya looked great. Adesanya looked really good. Um, you know, he looked with, with his guys who are usually tall like that, don't fight really well on the inside. The only guy that comes to my mind is John Jones. He fights really well on the inside. Robert Whittaker crashed down. Adesanya threw some counters, took a little shot, and then, boom, left hook to the jaw and finished it. It was a beautiful combination. He finished on a guy. He's a killer. He has personality for days. A lot of people were comparing him to Conor. I don't think that's not, I don't think it's necessarily unfair. Connor's a once in a lifetime guy, right? Connor just, when he fought um, Marcus Brimage in Sweden and knocked him out and then asked for 50 G's, we kind of knew where this guy was. Everybody, right? Either you hated him, which I don't know many people hated him after that. People eventually started hating him or you loved him like I did. I saw that and I immediately was like, I'm a star. He's a star. I'm a star. What? He's a star. There's no, there's nothing wrong or uncool about liking somebody who's the biggest star. There's just not right. Like, don't be like my favorite fighter is Mickey Gall. You know, he's going to, you know, no, no one who knows who the fuck that is. Right. Like people when, when like, you know, no, no one's favorite fighters like Johnny Hendricks. Right. I mean, maybe they were, but you're, you're lying to yourself. Like people like the big stars or they hate them. It's like the Howard Stern effect. You're going to tune into them either to hate them or love them connor the same thing you're gonna tune in to fucking either watch him lose or watch him win um but adesanya is on that same level i I mean listen i'm not saying this because i'm biased it's true he might never be as popular as connor worldwide he might never have like the stardom that connor has maybe across the united states or the world but he's a fucking star he's right there right he is good looking dude he can speak really good he can talk real good um Dynamite accent, he has a really interesting story, born in Nigeria, raised in New Zealand, or maybe not raised in New Zealand, but from New Zealand, Auckland's home, but has Nigeria blood on his chest, right? His parents were there. It was a beautiful moment. And then just his fighting style. He's electric. He's always going to show up, right? My biggest thing is, is is with all fighters and with with all fame and with all money and with all notoriety is, can you keep it in check? Connor never kept it in check. I think he's starting to kind of come back to reality. Everyone that I've listened to podcasts where like famous people, not just famous MMA fighters, but famous celebrities say, when you when you when you first make it, when you make all that money, you get about a year to be an asshole, and then you got to come back to the reality, right? And if you go more than a year of being an asshole, then you're probably not going to come back down. Connor's a poor kid from Dublin, and I would. I would say he probably spent a couple years being an asshole, right? I don't think he's a bad person, but he was doing some asshole things. And uh, I think he's maybe going to come back to reality. But that asshole thing made him the star that he is. So it's a fine line. Israel Asanya is very smart with it. Like, he comes at guys. Like I love what he did with Costa. Like He wants to fight everybody. He wanted to fight Costa before he became champion just to get out of the way. I love that matchup. That's a super marketable matchup. Costa is speaking better English, which is going to help sell the fight. I know that's you know horrible to say. I'm I'm sorry, but it's true. One of the reasons Anderson Silva never transcended to Conor McGregor is because he didn't speak English up until now. And that's the truth. Like he couldn't relay his personality out there besides the way he fought, which was electric and he was a superstar. But there's something that there's like a little bridge there. Like Fedor is the same way. Never learned English. So it's like kind of like a bridge and it's unfortunate that it's there, but it's true. So Paulo, learning English and speaking pretty well. Um, I love that. I love that aspect. I think he knows that. I think he's gonna go out there and, and him and him and Adesanya should fight either in Brazil or New Zealand. I think New Zealand, obviously. I don't think UFC's ever been. That'd be a huge card. They got that. So city kickboxing guys are fucking electric. Give uh, you know, give Adesanya to maybe you know. I say March. March big fight in March. Um, you know they'll probably do it in Vegas, but you know what do I know? Alright, so that was UFC 243. I enjoyed it immensely. Um awesome stuff. I mean, I'm a I'm a fight nerd, man. Sorry. I need to uh need to hydrate here, boys. I've been drinking so much water, Gatorade, cutting back on soda, but I'm still drinking it. But I've been putting so many fluids in my body that I'm waking up in night taking a piss. I've never done that before. Like, I've always been able to hold my pee pretty well. About 3 a.m. About You know, I wake up at 5. So 3 a.m. I wake up. I see the alarm. I go, oh, or I see this. Three, it's literally 3 every night. I go, oh, I got two more hours. That's great. And then I go, oh, I got to pee. And then I get up and pee and I come back down. And I play on my phone for like 15 minutes. And I fall back asleep. <sighs> but I need my fluids. What the fuck you want me to do? All right, so... Um, with the computer malfunction earlier, I don't have a ton. I just want to recap UFC 245. However, I wanted to talk about the co-main and main event. I want to know what's next for these guys, right? Um, Dan Hooker, Ally Quinta, what's next for these guys? I'm not great at a matchmaker. I, I, it's not one of my things that I'm really, really good at. I don't see the board that way. Um, I would love to have Sean Shelby McMahon's job. I would absolutely love it, but I don't. See the board that clearly when it comes to matchmaking. But obviously, it was my full-time job. I fucking get pretty good at it. However, I really think Dan Hooker's call out of Dustin Poirier was so weak. So weak. Dan Hooker, you're ranked 14th or 15th, I think, right? I don't want to disrespect you. You might be ranked a little higher. Dustin Poirier just came off a title loss. He made a lot of money fighting Khabib and Abu Dhabi. He's looking for Connor. He's looking for Tony. He's looking for maybe not even a Gaethje rematch, and that was just kind of a weird call out, kind of a weak call out. And you're like, I'll end you. Like it was, Dan Hooker. I like you, but that was that was that was weak, bro. Like you need to yeah yeah you know yeah kind of weak. So what's next for? I think it's Paul Felder. A lot of these guys only want those big fights now. Paul Felder kind of said it too. Like I don't have to fight. I'll go to acting or I'll go commentary. Blah blah blah. Um, Dan Hooker called out Paul Felder to his face after one of his fights like a year ago. said, I'd love to fight you. And Paul Paul Felder's like, yeah, I would too. Paul Felder is coming off a nice little win, but I mean, besides that, he's not on a super hot streak, right? I mean, he had a nice decision win over James Vick, and then he got his fucking lung punctured, and then he had a nice win over Edson Barboza, which was kind of controversial. Um, I think Hooker-Felder is is the matchup to make. Devin texted me he thinks it's Hooker-Cowboy. Another good matchup. I just think, um, I think... You know, I think Felder Hooker need the fight. I think they got a little history there. And just the really weak call out of of Dustin I didn't like. Right. I think these guys need to think more about who they're calling out. Like Gregor galepsi I love the guy, right? Um, not one of my guys yet, but kinda. He's on the fringe. Um, he's fighting Kevin Lee in Madison Square Garden, I think, in November, which is gonna be an insane fight. Um, but his call out of Pettis on Instagram, like he's like, I respect you, but I need to call Anthony Pettis when he fought three days prior and he broke his fucking foot. And he's fighting at 170, and says he doesn't really want to fight at 55. Kind of a weird call out by Gregor. I think these guys need to think a little bit more about it, you know. And I think uh, that'll help in a long way. I want to be a call out coach. That's what I want to do. I want to work with guys, you know, and and work on their, you know, maybe not write a script for them of like what to say, but what makes sense to call out. I know I just said I'm terrible at matchmaking, but I think if I think if I give him the shot, I could be a really good call-out coach. I could sit down with Gregor and be like, listen, like Pettis has broke his fucking foot. He's fighting at 170. You have said numerous times you'll never call anybody out. And then you call Anthony Pettis in like a really pussy pussyfied way. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to call out Kevin Lee, and this is like, assuming before the Kevin Lee fight, and say, I know you're training at Tristar now. Let's see how good you got. Let's see how good you've been, right? You left Vegas. You're at Tristar now. I want to see how good Faraz has made you. Come to 55. Let's do it. That's a good call out. That would have been a good call out. So I'm officially putting my ring in the hat. or hat in the ring. Uh, is that a saying? Hat in the ring. Uh, what am I even saying? I'm gonna officially be a call out coach. So email me at MMA Takes with two two s's at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit me up on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter. I'll love to work with every fighter uh, to be a call-out coach um, because I think these guys need it. Um, So another thing I've written down here, uh, I don't want to keep us too long. We're at 46 here, 46 minutes. Uh, What's next for Izzy and 185? That's the big thing. Who's going to get Izzy? Who's going to fight for the title? Obviously, it's a no-brainer. Casa, Izzy are next. When, who knows, right? A lot of people, and this is going to hurt Devin's feelings because Devin's a big Yo Romero guy. Yo Romero needs to win a fight before we start talking about Adesanya and Yo Romero. Okay. That's just the facts, right? He lost to Costa. A lot of people are like, well, he really won that fight. Okay, but he didn't, right? So he lost. Very competitive fight. I wouldn't have been overly mad if, if Yo won that fight because he's made of cement, but he didn't. He needs to win a fight. He's coming off losses to Robert Whitaker. Couldn't get past Robert Whitaker. Adesanya just put him out in two rounds. yo has got to win a fight. That's just bottom line, right? Um, I think yo, Jared Cannonier makes the most sense. Jared Cannonier wants a shot at the title. Your Romero's kind of that guy who's going to let you know what kind of benchmark you are to get to the title. Um, you know, obviously he was the first choice to fight Whitaker for the interim title when Bisman gave it up. Then he fought Rockhold. Then he fought Whitaker for the actual title. And then he just fought Costa. Now Costa's getting a shot cause Costa got by him. So Jared Cannonier is one of the hottest prospects at 185. He's getting a little older. He's like 36. But that's going to be a fight. That is what we need to see. Um, we need to see Yolvis Kananir. Again, I'm not a great at matchmaking, but I think I'm on fire right now. That needs to happen. And then what else needs to happen, um, I hate to say it. I hate to even think about it, right? Because I've been putting it out of my mind. But Kelvin Gaslam and Darren Till are still fighting in November on that sick-ass MSG card. That terrifies me, okay? Because um, I, I really do think Kelvin Gaslem is that good. Um, he could be one win away to rematching Izzy if things fall away with Costa because Gaslam and and Israel Asanya had a great fight, right? That was fight of the year in my opinion. Um, but Gaslam needs to fight Whitaker, I think. Depending how long Whitaker wants to sit out, right? Gaslam fights in November. He's not the biggest quick turnaround guy. I'm thinking March, April, possibly with Gaslam and, and Whitaker. That'd be a really good matchup. They were supposed to fight before they fell out. That's really going to give both guys a shot at getting back to the top because Adesanya is going to fight Costa. Assuming Yo, the winner of Yo and near will fight the winner of that. Uh, Izzy's already saying he wants to wreck a couple dudes. I mean, I know there's talks of him going to John Jones and all that shit. You know, we'll settle down on that for right now. Let him defend the belt a couple times first. There's a lot of dudes at 185 that are fucking killers. Um, yeah, and I think I pulled up. Did I pull up? I oh, know it, it went away. Yeah, so there's a lot of dudes at 185, uh, and those are those are the those are the I guess what five names that I want to be talking about. So Costa Izzy, obviously, Romero near, needs to happen. Whitaker Gaslam, if Gaslam gets past Till now, if Till wins, Till Whitaker will be good. I don't know if you know one win at 185 probably won't give him Whitaker, but that will really throw a fucking wrench in 185. And I sing the praises of Kelvin Gaslam. And Darren Till's my guy and Kevin's not Kelvin's not my guy. Um, I'm gonna start calling him Kelvin because he's or Kevin because he's not my guy. Um, but rest assured, and this is a little spoiler alert. Come pick'em week for November 2nd. I'm picking Darren Till. Don't I'm putting money on Darren Till. I bet my guys. That's what I do. I bet my guys. So easy with that if you think I'm throwing Darren Till on the bus, even though I have a lot of opinions with him. I want to sit down with him, and have a chat with him. Never met him before. Don't know his life at all, but I want to I kind of want to get I think I can reach him guys. I think I can reach him. And the only thing I wrote down here before my computer restarted um was Logan Paul and whoever KSI is. I think he's an English uh YouTuber or whatever. They boxed forever ago and ended in a draw they're boxing again on the zone. And there was a graphic put up. It was like Triple G fought, he fought this past Saturday against some guy. Don't know his last name. Probably can't pronounce it. And then they had like another fight. And then they had that. Like they're they're promoting this like a big fight. And it it hurts my soul because I'm such a combat sports fan. Like, I'm not saying Logan Paul's not talented, right? Logan Paul is an Ohio guy. People don't know that. He's from Northern Ohio. Him and his brother both are, obviously. They're immensely popular with what they do. They've made a name for themselves. They made a career for themselves. They made a little money or a lot of money, probably good for them. I'm not going to hate on anything they do on YouTube because I don't watch it, right? I've seen clips in here. They're obnoxious. I've seen the heat Logan has taken with the suicide force thing or whatever happened many, many years ago. I don't care what they're doing. Good for them to make their money. They're doing right. This is the day and age now where YouTubers are huge stars, that's fine, right? They're getting million, million, millions of views, millions of dollars. Good for them. I'm not gonna hate on that. But when you start crossing over to kind of my world, even though boxing, I wouldn't say is my world. When you come over to my world, combat sports, and you're leveraging your name to, you know, make all this money and. Other people, the cash grab people are are, are promoting it like the zone or whoever. It hurts my soul, right? And there, listen, there's gimmick fights all over the place. Listen, the UFC's put on gimmick fights. They had Sean Gannon in there who beat Kimbo Slice in a street fight. They had Kimbo Slice in there. They've, you know, they've done the gimmicky fights, right? And a lot of people kind of thought Brock Lesnar was, but Brock Lesnar went on to be a beast. CM Punk, obviously. So they've done the cash grab gimmick fights before. I'm just hoping that they don't ever. Invite these YouTubers over, right? I mean, they're non-athletes, and I think it's interesting that they're like, like this is the way they do it—is they like promote boxing? I mean, this is just to let you know, like every human being, like every person, it's—it's it's just a prime instinct to want to watch people fight. I know some people don't love fighting; they don't love boxing. I love MMA, but there's just—it's fighting like your hands and your fists are like—you know—that's one of the first things kids learn is how to throw a punch or hit something. It's very natural. It's very natural to all human beings. So it's very instinctive that we are gravitated towards that. Like if KSI and Logan Paul were playing like a 21 game pickup, what, what, what? I sound like a fucking Nord nerd. Nord. What's a Nord? Uh, they're playing one-on-one basketball. Like, would anybody watch that? Like, would anybody care? I mean, I'm sure the fucking tweens that like love their videos, um, would, would probably watch it or pay money to see it. But no, people are going to tune in for boxing because it's two guys fighting. There's high risk. There's people going to get hurt. And his little brother's fighting somebody too. I don't really fucking know what's going on, but I just hope the UFC doesn't do that cash grab. I'm begging UFC, please don't do that cash grab because it's gonna be so hard for me to defend it. You know, let boxing do it. Boxing's always been that way. Let fucking boxing do it. Just don't ever bring these guys over unless they win some fights, right? Just don't do it. And then Dylan Danis, listen, I've I've said I've talked about this guy before. I get what he's doing. He's being a troll. He's getting attention and stuff but like i have I muted him on Twitter I don't know why I just didn't unfollow him like what is what what does the fucking matter I'm gonna probably unfollow him but he keeps tweeting at Jake Paul and like wanting like to fight Jake Paul and it's like bro it's like it's like this is a, a fucking twenty two year old youtuber and you're a professional fighter that's been training jiu-jitsu for how long and one of the elite jujitsu players in the game and a, a, an up and coming mMA fighter professionally and like You're calling this guy out to fight, and it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it's so embarrassing. I know you're being a troll, but for a guy like me, it just reads like so sad that like you're doing you and you're doing it for his attention because of his following, and he is giving you a little bit of attention. It might be like you know, kind of a work, kind of a bit they're doing just to get his name out there, but it's just. It's a nauseating. It makes me sick. It really does. I hate. I hate it. I hate that shit. I fucking like hate it. All right, that's it. I mean, we could get to other things. I think Justin Gaethje said some shit today about Conor McGregor on on TMZ. Uh, you know, he said some shit like, uh, you know, if you're not gonna fight me, don't come back. Obviously, that's a fight that needs to happen. That'd be a sick fight. I'll just go to MMA Junkie real quick. We'll see if I'm missing any breaking news uh Khabib targets Russia return versus Ferguson tell McGregor to get in line well Khabib looks like Khabib's calling shots now um yeah I don't I don't think there's too much I think we kind of uh yeah I think that's uh I think that's it right yeah Lorenz Larkin, who a guy who I actually really like, had a really good win uh, over the weekend. I, I I caught the highlights of the fight, but Lorenz Larkin's a guy I've really, really admired for a while. I think he's a terrific fighter. I think he needs to clean up something in his game, but he had a really, really good win. He got dropped by a spinning wheel kick, came back and won a close decision. So that's the show. Um, listen, UFC Tampa's this weekend. Don't sleep on that fucking card, guys. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I have the sheet printed in front of me right now. I haven't written anything down yet. I've only literally got one W marked down. Um, without even looking at the lines, without even, without even diving into the research, I got one W written down, and I'll tell you on the podcast later this week who that W was. I'm going to put out a video for this card as well. I'll give you one pick. I'm two and one on my video picks, by the way. Don't fade me, you guys. Got to listen, listen. Sports betting is taking over the world. Gambling is taking over the world. If you have a religion, prep, religious preference where you don't let the gamble, I understand, but. If you don't and you're on the fence about it, it's time to put up a little bit of money. You don't need to be putting up hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. I mean, if you got the means, great. But you got to listen to me because I'm going to help you win money. If you were have put $150,000 down on Brad Riddell, you would have won $150,000. Imagine that. Imagine the amount of money you could have had. I mean, it just, I, I listen, I don't just, you know throw a fucking dart at a dartboard and, and pick these fights. I, I dive in. I, I know what I'm talking about. I, I get the research. I don't want to keep talking about how great I am and all this stuff. But I do care about my picks. When I get a pick wrong, when I got Jimmy Crute wrong, you can ask my buddy Austin. I was sick to my stomach, right? The the Pizza Hut pizza that I just ate was disgusting. And I almost threw it back up. Not because of how bad it was. Probably because how bad it was. Because I got a pick wrong. And that's the honest truth. If I'm putting myself on camera, Right. So you can see my ugly face. And I'm giving you a pick that I've researched the shit out of that pick and I'm and I'm telling you to take it. So this is important to me, guys. You're important to me. Everyone that listens is important to me. Hopefully, you guys continue to listen. Follow me on MMA Takes on Twitter at MMA takes on Twitter. At MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram. Devin has been killing it on the Instagram. He took over a couple days ago. I still post as well. We both kind of tandemly do it, but He's on top of it, man. He's sharp. He you know, he shares the stuff. So if uh, if you're not listening, if you're not following, if you're not doing anything else, what are you, what are you doing? Get on it. All right. I'm going to hit you with the music, and I'll talk to you guys later this week with some fucking fire picks. All righty. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He will. My heat will move your soul Come, oh, on, come, come on, on, come on, come on, come on Love me today Love me tomorrow All day, all night You feel my heat Feel, feel I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. My- feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You wanna lay it down? We rolling on the rehearsal?